Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yes, yes, welcome in to Questions from the Audience, the Remix Edition. Why is it the Remix Edition? Let me, uh, let me be transparent with you here from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Uh, Gangster Pete, who is alongside with me here. Uh, we recorded one on Tuesday because I knew I was doing an interview for the podcast uh, brought to you by Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, following the, uh, the show on Wednesday. And I wouldn't have time to do questions from the audience because the studio would be in use. And so I said, well, let's just record it on Tuesday. And so when we did... We recorded, I would say, the first half hour of questions from the audience was focused on game six between the Blues and the Sharks. And really, I, looking back on it, win or lose, that was just a bad idea. But we like to have questions from the audience up on uh, Wednesday and the interviews up on Monday. And so we just like to be consistent with it. That's been a big part of this thing. It's like when I was you know, updating content on InsideSTL.com. Things had to be consistent. I just felt like that was important for the audience. You build a you build a habit, and that was the deal. So same thing with this, uh, like our uh, pick six every Friday when during the football season. So I wanted to make sure we had one up for Wednesday. We could do it on Tuesday. But that's just like, so then that means that we're talking about a topic that everybody in the audience knows what happened, but we don't, which was just horrible on my part. But either way, for full transparency, um, I, I sat in here in questions from the audience, and I said, because this was, you know, what, eight hours out from the Blues and Sharks game six, I said, I think the Blues win the series, but I have a really bad feeling that they're going to lose tonight, and I'm weirded out by my feelings. And I, I talked about how uh, Anna Marie, who, uh, you know, my wife who puts up with just the asinine things that I, for real, I don't know how I'm trying to picture like, uh, like wives who I know, who I think would put up with the shit that I say on the radio. And I really can't think of too many. Um, so God bless her for putting up with it and just kind of whatever. I don't, I don't know what she thinks actually, like how she rationalizes the bat shit crap that comes out of my mouth. But saying in saying that, that she, uh, does pay uh, one compliment, or not even necessarily it's a compliment. She'll just say when, when we're talking about things with, you know, we're, we're a bar and bullshit with people or just with friends, and she's like, yeah, it is weird. He gets feelings on things, and then they happen, and it's, you know, she's like, hates to say it because, it's, first off, it sounds weird, and then secondly, um, you know, it, it, it then, of course, pumps my tires, and uh, it's the last thing she wants to do. So I hated that I had a bad feeling about game six 
because I really wanted to see the Blues win in St. Louis. However, I also said, I think they, this feeling is they lose game six, but then they win game seven, which I know seems to be like the least likely scenario. Like it's certainly likely that the Blues would win game six considering the Sharks injuries. And then if they were to somehow lose game six, it would seem like impossible to win game seven in San Jose. That's what it would feel like. And probably same deal as 2016 with the Stars. And then they beat the hell out of the Stars in game seven. And I was, uh, I think I can say this. I was texting with Joe Buck, who joined us on TMA the morning after the uh, game six win. But we were texting like at five o'clock before the game on Tuesday night, just bullshitting about it. And he's like, I just, he goes, I just can't picture it just, it isn't like the blues to just win this thing tonight. It's, you know, it's something's got to happen. That would be weird. And he goes at the same time, right when they lost game three, I said, that's it. They're not going to lose again. They're going to win this thing in six. And I go, it's exactly what I was saying on the show earlier today on the podcast. I don't know if I said it on TMA. I said, I have this weird feeling, but at the same time, I also know that right in, in particular, Eric Carlson at the press conference, but right when that happened following game three, I said, these guys, just, they're just going to beat the shit out of them the next three games. And I really thought they were going to beat the shit out of them in game four. I didn't necessarily think they were going to beat the shit out of them in game five and six, but that's what they wound up doing. So, uh, and Pete and I talked about wanting to bet the Blues in six games in the place that we go to bet. That wasn't an option, which sucks because that was a, that was something I would have figured that would have been like plus, God, I don't know what you think. That would have been plus 600 maybe? Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I would have put a hundred on it, but I probably would have put 50 on it. So 300 bucks, whatever, you know, I, I'm, I, I want to continue to lose money because if I keep losing money, that means the blues keep winning games because I'm betting on the opposition. Not because I think they're going to win, but just to hedge emotional risk manager. So anyway, so we do the whole thing on Tuesday talking about the feeling and then kind of getting into, you know, some elements of the history of the whole thing. And then and no matter what, even if they did lose, it still would have been a shitty podcast that part of it. Um, we kept the, the second half of the questions from the audience that has nothing to do with the blues, which you'll hear here. Uh, and, and, and then if they win, which of course is what happened, then you're listening to us talk about, you know, the, what's going to happen in the game. Like, you know, what the fuck? So just bad on my part. It's like, okay, in this one case, you know, it's one thing if it's like, okay, all of a sudden now they're doing a podcast a month as opposed to how they used to do, you know, at least eight a month. Uh, that's different. You know, that's 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 a different program. But to move it one day, I, just, I, I should have been better than that. So that's on me. So that's why you're getting it Thursday because I had to do an interview yesterday. And, um, and I mean, I'm sure like many of you, I did not uh, get a whole lot of sleep from the night of game seven into the next morning. And so thoughts are cleared little, little now, uh, time to breathe in between the clock hitting zeros and the blues advancing to the Stanley cup final. So um, I don't even have a laptop. I guess I have my phone in front of me. I'm looking at it. So there's not like any notes here. So we're just kind of uh, going to eight mile this thing. Uh, first off, I, I, I was incredibly lucky that in a conversation talking about kind of more or less the self-deprecating element of TMA, which is the three of us talking about how just whatever, it's a clown show and we're clowns and, you know, our careers are whatever they are, um, you know, like Doug's going to be doing 30 live shots and he'll be outside the building reporting live on what's going on inside the building. The cat will be, you know, on the telecast of a Cardinals Royals game. Nobody's watching. And. Uh, and I don't leave my house and, you know, I'm this fucking weirdo uh, saying, you know, the one game that I really wish 
like not being results oriented because you can never, I mean, you can do that, but it's, you know, any, any asshole can do that. Like in the moment go, yeah, ah, would be the, the Jets and the Blues game six. Perfect storm, Saturday night, the Blues can clinch. They're coming off an incredible win in game five, which I know seems like three years ago, but that was a ridiculous comeback against the Jets. I mean, season defining, Stanley Cup playoff defining. Uh, I mean, do they win that series if they're down 3 2? I don't know. The obvious one would be game seven of the Star Series, which I can't imagine there being a better game the rest of the way. I mean, God, if there is, holy shit. Uh, to have a game that ex- intense with the Stanley Cup on the line. But I mean, hey, you know, your season's on the line. You go to double overtime. But I know for me, the, the thought process there, which is why I talk about being results oriented, um, is that that it was, what night was that, Pete? Was that a Thursday night? Blues and Stars? I don't Tuesday recall. It's night? all a jumbled mess to yeah, me. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Well, either way, I, kn- I know that we had the show the next morning. And so, furthermore, with it being a game seven, um, I just wanted to be able to see everything. And, you know, I mean, there. listen, there's certain spot, like, you know, with going to game six uh, and where we sat, and the seats were incredible. We're so, you know, fortunate. Uh, but it, when the Blues, were, they weren't, like, by any means center ice. So when the Blues were on the other end, you just have to train yourself, as I'm sure many of you are used to, by going, okay, they're on that end. Now I look up at the, at the video uh, on the Jumbotron. There's no need to even attempt to see it because you're going to be lost. Uh, so with that said, that was the thought process there that the one against the jets, that would have been a play. But my point on all of this is this, uh, even that star, uh, game against the jets, I think it would have been for two tickets, like five to $600. And this isn't like on the glass stuff. So I was lucky that uh, a listener to the program heard us talk about tickets and said, Hey, we're going to be out of town. I have three tickets. Um, and I'll sell them to you for face value. Um, and I'm like, oh my God. So I appreciate that. I, I gave him more than face value, not like double or anything by any means like that. But I'm just like, you know, I know he's leaving money on the table here. This was before the whole thing got going, like the series got going. And, um, and so, you know, I I had three tickets, kind of an odd number, but I wasn't going to be like, oh, well, you know, I'll take two and stick you with trying to sell one because that's not going to work. So I had three tickets, and obviously I'm taking Anna Marie. Uh, Jameson's one. That wouldn't have been a good play, so he wasn't. He wouldn't have taken a ticket anyway. But uh, and then I I asked my dad, and you know I think I think either way I'm taking one of my parents in that spot, uh, considering there isn't a, a child who's old enough to you know enjoy it and behave. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a weird spot though because I you know it's not like I'm like well I like my dad more than my mom. But my dad, you know, my dad's story, and some people have said, you ought to have him on the podcast. I just feel like we're going to wind up just weeping. And so that's why I'm not doing it. Then at the same time, I think about doing it, and then I'm like, it would be great to be able to do that. I don't know. And then people go, you got to do it while you can do it. You got to do it. And I'm just like, I understand. And that's, that's, a, that's, that's an accurate statement, but it's not as simple as that. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, I'm happy. I'm not saying I'm happy. Somebody rips my ass. It's kind of like, ah, they ripped my ass. You know, my ass is at this point, you know, a bell of danger. I mean, you know, it's a free for all. I can't even feel it anymore. But they come after family. That that then I I'm I'm not as good at uh, going into my Phil Ivy sociopath mode. So um, I, I I my dad's background 
loose background is his dad, who was a dentist, uh, died. He's the father of four. Uh, my dad being the third oldest died of a heart attack in his, I believe, I, I don't want to mess up the age, early mid fifties. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously a heart attack, it, you know, nobody had any idea anything was coming and my dad, you know, talks about how he found out and watching, um, I believe it was one of his sisters getting the phone call. Um, and he's 16 years old. A lot of people listening to this have dealt with that. Maybe it would be uh, younger um, or older. And, you know, of course it sticks with you. I'm lucky I haven't been there. Um, but, you know, you, you know what reality is. And so his life certainly changed. Um, there's, there's a lot more to it that I get. But, but then if you get into it, then it kind of gets into a weird spot. And that's why I'm careful with, you know, bringing him in. Uh, just because it involves, you know, I mean, they were, they lived in a neighborhood with, um, a lot of the, and, and people go, oh, they live in Ladue, they live in fucking South St. Louis, just where they live now. Um, but that's a lot where like the Shane Deans, the Musials at that time lived in that neighborhood. Uh, and again, it's South city, it's St. Raphael's parish, you know, we're not talking about Huntley here. Um, so you know, life immediately changes for him. He's 16 years old and and so, you know, all of them are now going from having a father, father's a dentist, to, you know, his mom's now uh, taking care of four kids. Now she's working and doing whatever she can to bring money in. And now, you know, his future, of course, is, is substantially altered, just like anybody who would encounter that. And many of you did, I'm sure, and have. And so he he begins working at KPLR TV in the mailroom. Um, God, and since he was telling me that, I mean, he, I think he was right around the age he found out, um, because he was telling me as we were driving down to the game with Anna Marie on Tuesday night that, um, I said, did you go to any of the games between the Blues and Canadiens, the first two Stanley Cup finals for the Blues or the Blues and the Bruins? And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, it just was a different deal then, Timmy. I, you know, I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me because it was like everybody would wear, you know, hats and get dressed up. It was a big fashion thing when it first came in, but it wasn't nearly as big of a deal. And somebody sent me an article of like, I think it was the first year, 68, 67, 68 season, when the Blues played the Canadiens. The day, I believe the day of the, this, some, this is a, this is a good little fun fact. Somebody will dig into this one because I saw this here within the last couple weeks. The day the Blues played the game one of the Stanley Cup final. There's some tie in with the, this is the same day that the St. Louis Hawks announced they were moving to Atlanta. Uh, how many people listen to this? No, that the St. Louis Hawks were once or uh, the Atlanta Hawks were once the St. Louis Hawks. I would imagine, what do you think, Gangster Pete? Of the people listening to this, let's throw out arbitrary percentages we have no way to uh, ever answer the question on. What do you think? 60. Ooh, I was going to go 80. I don't know. I don't know on that. Uh, but either way, so you had that, and then, and then but in this article, or in this piece of the Post-Dispatch or Globe Democrat, whatever it was, that I saw, they were like asking people to go to the Blue Stanley Cup final game because they weren't selling tickets. So how fucked up is that? But that's what was going on. Um, you know, I get. I mean, you had the Cardinals winning the World Series in 67. They won the pennant in 68. Probably should have won the World Series in 68. 
Um, football Cardinals were there. I have no idea if what they were like. Um, so I don't know. And the the Hawks, yeah, I always hear these differing versions of what was going on with the Hawks. What do you hear what happened with the Hawks? I've always what, listened to the Bob Costas when they win the title, and like he's completely different. He's like you're young... talking about the Spirits. Oh, that is the Spirits. The Hawks, different ball game, but a great team. Played the Celtics a bunch. That Celtics yeah. team was like Wooden's UCLA team. So I don't know. I don't know. I've always heard it's just the bigotry, but but I feel like that could be so simplified. And it's like, oh, St. Louis, some a healthy percentage of St. Louis is uncomfortable with all the black players. Would it surprise me? No, but I feel like it's got to be. There's got to be more to it. I have no idea. I don't know. We weren't around. And if you're older and angry about that, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com, and feel free to inform. You know, maybe you're gonna take shots. You can take shots, but uh, nothing's gonna be accomplished with it. So. Um, Either way, he's like, I, you know, we went to games, but it just, it, it wasn't nearly what it is now. And so if we went, he goes, I just remember seeing those guys skating around without helmets and the goalies without face masks and, and thinking it was strange. Then. <laughs> you know, now we look back on it now and it seems like it was like gladiators uh, in Rome. But he he's working in the mailroom at KPLR TV. And I would imagine, I mean, he's never said this. But I would imagine he's doing that because, you know, the family has to bring in money. Um, and so uh, he moved up and then become a, became a salesperson. And, uh, and so in 68, when the Blues were on KPLR, he was selling advertising for them. He didn't work for the Blues. He sold. It's like if you work at CAMOX, you're selling Cardinal baseball, but you don't work for the Cardinals. If you work at, you know, whatever, affiliate uh, Fox Sports Midwest, you're selling Cardinal baseball, but you work for the Cardinals. So anyway, that that's the arrangement. So, you know, I'm like, you know, I remember him coming home, and, you know, the Blues, what they are now is not what the Blues were in the 1980s. Um, not to say that there wasn't a passionate fan base, but that passionate fan base um, wasn't nearly the size of what it is now. And I just remember saying, well, it's, it's a tough sale. He goes, the Cardinals, you know, in the 80s, you have 82, 85, 87. It's an exciting brand of baseball. And the Blues, why well, they would get to the playoffs, the narrative then, which I think was true, because they broke it up to four divisions, if I'm not mistaken. And there were like five teams. Maybe there was a division or two with six teams. And then four of the five teams would get in. So, you know, it's like, okay. And I still say the same damn thing. The regular season in the NHL is just fucking worthless. Um, and I realize it's an exaggeration. It's a hyperbole. Team McKernan inside STLA.com. On the other side of it, this, the playoffs are the absolute greatest. Absolute greatest. Nothing compares to it. Nothing compares to it. Nothing compares to it. Nothing compares to it. And, I, and I, I'm sitting here because I love baseball, but nothing compares to the Stanley Cup playoffs in sports. I, I don't even know what's second. Well, assuming you, you're with me, Gangster Pete, what would you take as second as far as your favorite postseason in sport? Baseball. Baseball? Well, it'd be close to the NBA. If the Cardinals are in, baseball for sure. If they're not, then I enjoy the NBA a lot. Gangster Pete asking to get hate emails. Uh, I'm I'm personally enjoying it, but you know here in St. Louis that way. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, all my friends watch the NBA. No, I do too. I'm I'm uh, looking forward to uh, to the finals. I love when it gets into that alternating one night Stanley Cup final, next yes. night NBA finals. That's that's what we'll have here. Except this time we'll be caring about the outcome of the Stanley Cup final. Um, so with that said, that's that's what was going on. He's now selling that, and it wasn't the easiest sale. And he's going to games at the arena, 
checkerdome, as it was, than the arena. And I just thought, you know, I mean, let's have this thing come full circle. And so uh, took my dad, took Anna Marie, and I had been talking about, and we'd had this discussion on the TMA fan page. We talked about it on the, on the, the Ryan Kelly morning after. You know, people were saying, uh, is it okay if I start crying if the Blues win the Stanley Cup? And everybody's just like, yeah, because, I mean, people just kind of think that that's, that would happen should it happen. And I recall, and I don't know if it's because I was with my dad, um, but I, we were in a rush. They were the, the weird deal about game six, for those of you who were there, you know this. For those of you who didn't, you probably have no idea this happened. You know, usually it's a process getting into the building because there's the security check. Well, these tornadoes, we're pulling out of our house in Kirkwood. My dad's driving. Uh, as we're pulling out of the house, tornado sirens are going off. And so you can see as you're heading eastbound in the rearview mirror, these impending storms coming from the west. And so when we get to the Enterprise Center, they're just saying, everybody come in, show your tickets. We got to get people in here. No security. We got to get people in the building because there are tornado warnings. And people were panicking. So we get in there and um, for whatever reason, I fucked up and it took forever to get to the seats. And Anna Marie's like, I really want to see you. We had run into some people from my neighborhood, my old neighborhood, where my parents still live, St. Gabriel's, uh, the Mattingly family. And uh, and they're like, oh, you know, my dad's like, yeah, I haven't been to a game. And uh, they're like, oh, you got to see the way they open this thing up. It's a whole thing. Like everybody's doing the, you know, Vegas Golden Knights deal. So Anna Marie's like, well, I want to see it. I want to see it. So we get down there, but we had been on the concourse. The concourse is kind of emptying at that point because everybody's in there. And then, you know, you pull that curtain and then you walk in and I'm telling you, I, I didn't start weeping by any means, but I'm just like, holy shit, you know, it's probably the curtain element, you know, because you don't see it. And then you open the curtain and then there it is. And you're like, this is this team that I've never even thought about really. Well, if I thought about the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, yes, but like really being in a spot to play for the Stanley Cup and advancing to the Stanley Cup final and I'm here with my wife and my father, no. And it just hit me. And it, I got a little emotional. Again, not weeping or tears or anything. It just kind of caught me. Um, the only thing I can compare it to, but it wasn't by any means as, as emotional, just kind of like, holy shit, is when I got to the Georgia Dome in 2013 and Missouri, as my almost alma mater, is playing Auburn in the SEC Championship. And it was more like, how in the hell did this happen? That Missouri football, which was essentially a punchline, is now a win away, possibly, and as it proved to be, truly, from playing for the national championship. And here they are with these banners of Alabama, their opponent, Auburn. You know, growing up in the 90s, Tennessee, you put them in high esteem with Peyton Manning's years, and then T. Martin won the national championship there in Georgia. You know, I mean, and it's like you can take your pick of a bunch of other schools that have just had it rough recently. But, you know, I mean, these, and, and here's Missouri. Well, that's it, it, to an extent, it's how I felt with the Blues, but it was d deeper because my dad's with me, because I knew the history with him and selling blue the Blues on KPLR. And, uh, and, and just knowing how much it means to the city and the players and the alumni and then specific alumni like Bobby Plager and Kelly Chase. And uh, and it just hit me. And you're just, you're so it's just, you're just, it's a rush of energy. The, uh, the element of a 
being in attendance for a playoff hockey game is also the edge that you're on. And so when that thing starts and the Blues score just a few minutes in, it kind of takes the edge off. Also, my dad being my dad, uh, one of the reasons why we were a little later was we stopped to get uh, so you want some, Timmy? Well, I guess I got it at this point. My dad's going to buy us some beers. Anna Marie and me were, I mean, my dad, who was like, I wasn't planning on getting one, but I said, yeah, we'll take three Bud Selects. Uh, and, uh, and so now we're driving, you know, walking out with those monster cans and, uh, you know, it might've been good because usually if I have a game that I'm watching, whether it be on television or in attendance and I care about the outcome, I won't drink. And I let weird some people out. But that's just how I am. I don't, again, I mean, there's plenty of things. I mean, it's, we do family feud on weird shit about Tim. We'll have like 40 answers on the board. So, uh, but that's, that's my thing. So I'm like, it might've been good. And Anna Marie said the same thing. She goes, I really, this, I'm so, you know, fucking into this that it might be good. So anyway, we're having some booze, beer, and, uh, and watching the blues go up one, nothing. And they go up two, nothing. And, and. It's just, an, it's just the atmosphere is just the best. Turns out young page views is like, like three rows up and, uh, Anna Marie and I've hung out with him and he's a good dude. And, uh, he's on the podcast. If you didn't listen to him, some people don't know who he is. I talk about him later when he knows he is St. St. Louis guy working at Barstool. He's kind of become more mainstream here in St. Louis because of the blues run and his dancing every time the blues win and his chinchilla Boris. So Pat Maroon was texting with page views and saying, we need you at the game and we need Boris at the game. And page views is like, dude, I don't know if I can get that done. And Maroon's like, okay, I'm booking the flight for you. And page views is like my commute back to my house. Two minutes from here is like him in his flights in and out of New York. I mean, this guy's going back and forth from New York and it's not Teterboro either. It's one of the, the JFK Newark's or LaGuardia's, which isn't the most pleasant flying experience. Um, and so Maroon, uh, says I'll buy your ticket. And so Maroon's about to play in game six of the Western conference final. And the night before he's on whatever he's on booking a flight for young page views, page views has shown me this text exchange. And so Maroon, Pat Maroon books a flight for page views and, and God bless Pat, obviously bigger things to pay attention to. He's, he books page views flight and it's fine. It lands at 10 50 at night. Game starts at 7. Unless this thing is another Pat Maroon special that's going double overtime, odds are Page Views isn't going to see the conclusion of the game. Page Views informs Maroon. Maroon says, okay, fuck it. Here's my credit card number. So Page Views now has Pat Maroon's credit card number. He books the flight. I'm texting with him. I'm like, hey, man, are you here? And he's like, dude, I just landed. And there's like a tornado coming out. <laughs> so he's like, I don't know what the fuck. He goes, well, I might die, much less get to Enterprise Center. So uh, he does get there. He's a few seats behind us. I, I, when he was in doing the podcast, I met his parents. Turns out that's how he got introduced to our show because his dad was listening 15 years ago when he was like 12, which fucks me up. And uh, and so there he is, Anna Marie and I, like I said, a couple weeks ago, we had hung out when he was in town. So she knows him and we're bullshitting with him. Landoff's wonderful sponsor of this program. Um, and, uh, caller Luke actually were, uh, DMing me and saying, Hey, we're going to be section 103 in the intermission two nothing game blues leading. And I said to page views, cause I know he's friends with the Landoffs. I said, Hey, why don't we go out and see those Landoff boys? Wonderful people. You can see them at highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth exit online at Landoff.com. Chevy find new roads. It's where our, uh, I got Anna Marie's whips where you should get yours. And, 
And he's like, dude, it's kind of gotten really weird with the chinchilla thing that if I go out there, I, it, it, and I go, yeah, look at you, look at you, A-list at the Blues game. He goes, so I'd rather just kind of hang out here. So in between periods, Anna Marie's talking with Pageview's mom. Turns out Pageview's dad knows my dad, and I'm sitting there bull- bullshitting with Pageview's. And we're, you know, it's like, and I'm kind of like doing the same thing when I would be at Cardinals World Championship Games in 2006 and 2011. I think I did it in the 2013 NLCS clincher too. Um, when Kershaw was pitching and Matt Carpenter had that at bat, which is almost six years ago now, that also messes me up. And I do like, I looked at Anna Maria, 40 minutes, 40 minutes for 49 years. You know, could this really happen? Like, like when Joe and I, Buck and I were texting, it's like, it just, it just can't be this. There can't be, can't happen this way. Something weird has to happen. It just isn't like the blues for it to happen this way. It's like something's coming. And then sure enough, I think it's going to happen because it's where my mind is. And that is, uh, the blues look like they're going up three Oh, was that maroon? You know what I'm talking about? Where then the sharks cleared it and had a wide open. And it was just like a random dude who was probably filling in for the scratches with, uh, Pavelski and Carlson and hurdle. Somebody was wide open after maroon. I think it was maroon. Looked like he was going to put the blues up three, nothing sharks clear the puck and it's it's a wide open one-on-one with Bennington and he beats Bennington and it's 2-1 it was like this five second monster momentum shift and I and I'm like there it is that's the guy whatever that guy's name is is going to be the guy we're going to be talking about for years in St. Louis he came in out of nowhere he had that was his first playoff goal I think it might have been his first playoff appearance and he's going to be the guy you know that that there'll be the David Freeze in Dallas you know or the Pat Maroon in Dallas um and it's 2-1, and then the building is tight, man. I'm telling you. I don't know if you could sense it on TV. You, you sense it on TV? Yeah, I even mentioned it to the people I was watching. Yeah, it like, was we gotta, tight. We it got something. silent. But then the Blues, and it was right in front of us. I got a great picture of it. I really won. I mean, it's such a nerdy thing, but because uh, uh, it, it happened right in front of us of Shen's goal. And he like kind of did the, the, official, the, the like a bat flip for hockey, like throwing the stick down. And, uh, yeah, that was 3-1. But still, it's tight, you know, and then the Sharks are coming back at us going into the, the third period. And you're like, this is it, 20 minutes for 49 years, 20 minutes for 49 years. You know, we're out in the concourse. I see some people I know in radio and other places, good people, good radio people, sharp radio people. Uh, and then we're out there bullshitting with them, me and Marie, my dad, some some listeners, which is always cool. And, um, and then there's producer Joe comes wandering up and for as much as producer Joe and I text or Joe texts me during TMA, I don't know when the last time I see, I guess we played golf last year a bunch, but I didn't see him. And then Andy Barra uh, of the independent tire dealers who I knew had gotten a hole in one at his brother's Memorial golf tournament this past Saturday, because I was supposed to play with those guys and the, the whole, the Barra's sponsored again, his brother passed away, the family sponsors a hole and Andy gets a hole in one on that hole. And I'm just like, oh, Andy, I'm not so like the, gr- I mean, getting a whole one anywhere. You'd be out by yourself. Kind of the, that's the one time I've got, it was by myself. And then people go, oh, you really get a hole in one. But anytime you get one, but that circumstance. So it was just a cool, you know, we're just bullshitting with people. And then it's like, then you walk back in, the curtain moves and it's like, okay, now we're back into it. And now it's 20 minutes for 49 years. And the first, I don't know, Pete, what first five to eight minutes of the third period. I mean, the sharks were on. Oh yeah, I mean, they Full knew they knew, they knew it was time. Because in the first period, with where our seats were, the puck was on the other end of the ice so much that I was basically watching the game on the scoreboard, 
And in the third period, for the first X amount of minutes, um, I was not even looking at the scoreboard because the Blues were never down there. And if they were, they were ice in the puck or lucky that it was deflected and it wasn't icing. I mean, the Sharks were on the attack. And I feel like it shifted. Couture gets a break, and he's basically one-on-one with Bennington. And Bennington just, like, just snatches it out of the air. And I'm just like, that because I've already got an incredible man crush on this guy because I just think he's, I don't know, he's got the, like the greatest mentality for a goalie. Uh, and I'm like, that's it. And, and, and Couture, where he went skating, was right in front of us. And you could just see, like, he had the eyes, eyes in the back of his head. Like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And what happens there if they score? It's like if Evander Kane didn't hit the post uh, in game five. So um, at that point, I felt like people got a little more comfortable when they got up 4-1. Then it was on. Then it was a party. And I think that happened with about six or seven minutes left. And I said to Anna Marie, I said, I think that's the last time we'll be sitting in our seats. I think it's over. And everybody's standing. And you just start counting it down. And I'd look and I'd be like, oh, my God. You know, I was doing it before they even got to that point. Like, less than 10 minutes. Less than 8 minutes. You know. And to be there with my dad. To be there with my wife. You know, a great friend of mine from uh, high school was there with his son. He, was, he wasn't, like, right next to us. But we could see him. And we were, got a chance to talk to him afterwards. Uh, page views. His family. You know, people, everybody's a family at that point. Uh, and, you know, they get the empty netter. It's 5-1. The Sharks at this point. I was kind of wondering, like, are the Sharks? Because clearly bitchy. DeBoer bitches. He bitches when they're winning. He bitches when they're losing. I'm like, are they going to start shit? And to their credit, and that's the difference on hockey, guys. To their credit, it's just like they're just going to play this thing out. You know, I mean, I think the Sharks actually were the ones with the puck at the end. Um, is the, is, you know, it's over. And, uh, you know, they're not going to do anything that's going to hurt the Blues or any of their players going into the Stanley Cup final. And that those zeros go off. And, you know, and I remember a bunch of feeling, a bunch of beer falling on me. We all got hit. I remember my dad saying, boy, your mom's going to think I drank all night. That's just because I got some guy pouring beer on me, Timmy. I go, I know you had one. Uh, I guess stre- I didn't realize streamers came down, but streamers came down. And, you know, I was wondering, I was wondering if I would get emotional, if, uh, if people did get emotional, I understand people did. I didn't see it. It was just joy. Um, you know, I remember we were right by, uh, uh, the Zamboni entrance where you have like a bunch of like guys doing, like Ronick was standing over there doing his eyesight reports and uh, guys from TSN. And so we could look down there and I'm like, it hit me that for the first time, since the Monday night miracle, the Campbell Bowl, which I realize is, you know, I mean, for as popular and as well-known of a trophy as the Stanley Cup is, the Campbell Bowl is on the other end of the spectrum. But it's the thing that nobody touches if they win it. Uh, I'm like, the Campbell Bowl is back in St. Louis for the first time since the night of the Monday night miracle. The Sharks and Blues couldn't clinch in game five, so therefore it wouldn't have been there. And then the Sharks won it in game six. The Avalanche uh, won it in five in Denver in 2001. And the last time there was a Western Conference final, it was the Campbell Conference final, was 86, and the Flames were up three to two. Uh, And the last time the Campbell Bowl was in St. Louis was that night. Doug Wickenheiser, the Blues stunning the Flames and forcing a game seven, which they wound up losing two to one. But that's the last time. And I saw, so I could see all those guys with those NHL sport coats kind of scrambling back there. And I'm like, God, I mean, just, you know, the, and again, it's the Campbell Bowl. And I realize 80%, I'm on 80% of the listeners knowing that the Atlanta Hawks were the St. Louis Hawks. I'm going to go with 
3% of the listeners knowing that the Campbell Bowl is the trophy you win for winning the Western Conference. Gangster Pete, your number, please. I'll go two. Uh, yeah, you just got to go under. You just got to. So I just thought, just to see the, the NHL sport coats out there, and they're kind of scrambling and getting that thing ready, and I saw them roll it out in the case. I saw the case come rolling out. and just So when the zeros go off, you know, getting pictures with my dad and getting pictures with my wife, getting pictures with listeners, um, it's just joy. It's just absolute. That's what it was in our section. I don't know if there were people weeping or getting just emotional, just tears in their eyes when it happened, you know, whether it be at a bar watching at home. Because I, I, I've seen a number of people say they did. Uh, or they would see things like Pat Maroon talking to Layla. Um, what else? What were some of the emotional things? Oh, like Bobby Plager and Chase getting emotional when they saw each other. Brett Hall getting fired up, talking about it. Uh, Maroon always seems like he's on the verge of crying. Which I think is the, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I admire it really. I mean, cause the guy could fucking beat the hell out of anybody who would make fun of him. Um, but you know, when he did the interview and he was with the Oilers talking about how it's, you know, tough to come back to St. Louis cause he doesn't get to see his son often, uh, seeing him, you know, with his brother, Phil, who's a TMA guy, um, and his parents, uh, God, I feel like I'm leaving out just the obvious, you know, Stillman, who's like, I don't want to do any interviews not like not because he's fucking crocky, but because he just didn't want it to be on him. He wanted it to be about Bobby Plager doing interviews, you know, talking about how, hey, we played in this thing in 68, 69, and 70, and I don't remember any baseball players being here, but I look up and there's Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina. You know, they have a rain out, and what do those guys do? They don't go, we'll hang out at home. What do they do? They come down to the Blues game. It was just, it's one of those things, man. You know, it's, 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 it's incredibly special. Um, and I don't, I don't think for things like that, I don't think that ever changes. And I remember, you know, so even if it does happen again, I remember writing what you said when I used to write and I still like to write, but I used to write every night, which made me not like writing, um, about starting the 2012 baseball season. I said, I'm kind of weirded out because I'm not looking forward to the 2012 season. Cause it's like, I snorted the greatest cocaine ever in game six of the 2011 World Series, and I know I'll never get that high again. And so I can't I can't get as excited for it. And I remember that was just like horribly received. Uh, and then sure enough, what happens? The Cardinals come back from some ridiculous deficit in game five against the Nationals and win the NLDS. And I'm like, son of a bitch, I was wrong. And, you know, that certainly wasn't game six, 2011 World Series. But my God, it was it was incredible. Um, and then 2013 against the Dodgers, 2014, Matt Adams home run against the Dodgers. So you have all these things and they just keep, you know, Missouri, you know, beating A&M and Johnny football to, to win the SEC East, they, you know, they'll happen and then they'll, they'll happen. They'll become even more special because my son will be involved. Um, cause that's, that's the thing that stands out to me is being there with my wife and my, my dad. I mean, I could get a credential, at least I think I could, I haven't got a credential of a blues game and God only knows how long. Um, but then I'm not there with my wife and, and my dad or watching at home with my son for the handful of minutes he can watch it. So I don't know. For those of you who experienced it, I'm sure, you know, it doesn't matter whether you were there, you're watching it at a bar, you're watching it on television. It's a night you'll never forget. And ideally there's one more of those coming. The thing that, that I have to say, I'm, um, taken aback by, but not like offended by taken aback right now. There's outrage on social media. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just legitimately surprised is the market 
for the tickets in St. Louis, not that there's demand, but where the price points are, holy shit. You know, and it's an, it's an awkward conversation to have, but you know, we had, we, I thought, I thought we handled it well on the, on the radio show, um, in face, cause you're talking about money and then, you know, you don't matter. It's like, you can't win in it. Um, I, I don't know. So like anytime, like I'm, I'm, and when I talk about the Ham Avenue Capital Partners, it's like kind of a, I don't want to say it's a bid cause we don't do bids, but it's, you know, if I were like killing it with the Tam Avenue Capital Partners and DraftKings, I wouldn't talk about it uh, unless we won the million and everybody would know because then it's kind of like a brag. Tam Avenue Capital Partners, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to put in a couple hundred bucks and I'm probably not going to win anything, but, you know, fuck it, whatever. It, it's it's fun and it caps my, it's like buying into a poker tournament. I can sit down at a poker table, play a cash game. I can lose everything. Uh, poker tournament, I buy in for whatever. It's a fixed loss. So that's how I view the the Tam Avenue Capital Partners DraftKings thing, which is our conglomerate of like 15 people who put in a bunch of money that totals to wind up three or four thousand dollars for majors, and you know we we never profit or we haven't yet. So whatever, it's just a you know whatever. But when you're talking about spending money, and then you're talking about something as emotional as the Blues are, and then you're talking about it's about a thousand dollars to get into the building and sit at the very highest row and seat. That's a tough spot, man, because some people will judge you if you sell your tickets, as I'm hearing, you know, I mean, which I guess, I mean, I guess that's a real thing. Um, And then some people are like, I really want to go. And I've always said, I'll do whatever, but I can't, I can't justify, you know, if I want to take my wife and my two kids, it's going to be close to $5,000. I can't do it. And... I don't know. I mean, I, I watch this market not necessarily because I'm like, ooh, if it gets down to this number, then I'm in. I'm more curious if this is just ridiculously inflated and over the next nine days it's going to drop or if it'll go up. I can tell you this, if the Blues are up 3-2 going into game six, God God help you. I mean, that's that's a different world. And as much as I would love to see the Stanley Cup on the ice in St. Louis with the Blues lifting it, I'm not sure I could go into the, which is what I was asking people, if they're just like, fuck it, once in a lifetime, don't care. I have some money that I can go ahead, and yes, it's absolutely irresponsible, but I'm I'm going to do it if that's the mode, or if you're in the, God, I really thought I was going to go, but I can't do this, or I, I can do it, but I won't do it. I think that's where most people are. I think that's where most people are. Uh, or if you're just like, I'm, I like watching it on television or at a bar, if the blues have a watch party, you know, and they're playing like what they do in, you know, a lot of cities, Toronto certainly is one that stands out. I think they did that with the capitals last year, like watch parties, you know, cause you're talking, cause when you talk about money, there's no way that you can like avoid the, the, you know, the element of, you know, whatever some people can spend more than others, uh, or some, or as it might be, some people might be able to do it, but just aren't willing to do it. Or some people are just going, I know that people know that we do this and we don't have a whole lot, but I don't give a damn. This is, this is, this is it. And yeah, you can go, okay, it's only three hours and yeah, the blues might lose, but it doesn't matter. The whole reason we've been going to the game against the senators in November is because we've been dreaming of the moment against whomever from the Eastern conference with the Stanley cup on the line. I'm not judging that shit. God bless. If anything, you know, 
but I never, I, I'm telling you, I am floored by the price. Not, not, and this isn't a condemnation. I'm, I'm a hundred percent pro capitalism. The mar- the market will dictate the price point, you know? And right now the people with the tickets might be going, fuck it. I'll fire bullets. They're telling me these tickets are going comps, you know, around me or, or this much. What do you think I'm going to do a hundred cut myself? It's like when people list their house on our block, I'm pulling, I'm pulling for them, you know? So I get it. But holy shit, I can't believe it. And, you know, and then it gets in, you know, I don't know the, the conversation about how much money is in St. Louis. I'm listen, there's a lot of money in St. Louis. A lot of the time you have no idea who the people are with that lot of money in St. Louis. It's not usually the people who are flashing in some ridiculous, you know, take your pick of whatever couple hundred thousand dollar car, um, you know or posting about ridiculous crap that they're doing on social media. That's not the ones I like. That's money. But I'm talking about the money money. It's like Michael Douglas talking to Bud Fox in the back of the limousine. I'm not talking about a $400,000 a year guy working on Wall Street in an executive position. I'm talking about liquid. That that kind of shit. That kind of, yeah, I got the thing out at Spirit. You want to go? That kind of shit. Um, you know, the, the kind of wealth where they're so wealthy, they're uncomfortable talking about it and will say, yeah, I'm in this. And then like a week later, you're like, oh, well, yeah, they do that. But he's got all of this. So that's the kind of wealth I'm talking about. And this is shit that I was not privy to uh, growing up, as you might imagine. Um, as I talk about Southside and Tam Avenue, that's, you know, that's just not the way it works. Unless, I'm, unless it's super meta and people are like, yeah, why don't we live on the South Side to really make it <laughs> to hide what we got? So that's the kind of money I'm talking about. That's the money I'm kind of talking about. So there is that in St. Louis, but it's like 0.01% of the population. Now, it probably controls like 95% of the actual assets, but th- then there's the rest of everybody. And it's like, you. Can, I mean, if you can't, I just, I mean, I don't know. Gangster Pete. I know you love the blues. I know you've gone to playoff games with your father. Yep. I know that's a very important thing to you, like it was to me to be there with my dad, my wife. How do you view this? Because we haven't talked about it because when we were talking about it on TMA, you're in your, yeah, your I cubby mean, hole. I'd love to go. I think the prices are outrageous. As soon as you I think saw the market it, drops, you have an NBA. Yeah, I think the market drops the closer you get to game time. I think so. That I know game five of the second series, my dad got our seats in the sixth row for like 111, and they were like 300 each. Like an hour before that, really? And yeah. what do you use? Stubhub. Uh, Stubhub. Yeah. Right. But I fired off a text to him. I was like, well, I'd certainly take my son to a Stanley Cup final game. And Good for you. You kind of shaded him a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. He pretty much told me to fuck off. Good. I like that. Post that exchange on yeah. social media. Well, I respect that. You got to shoot to score. Yeah. Took I don't. I, there's no way in hell. My dad. I mean, I'm not even thinking about it. I mean, you know, uh, I. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I guess I thought the, the extreme, like I thought, okay, God, game three's on a Saturday night. Perfect. But I mean, if I, even if I just take Anna Marie, we're spending 2000 to $2,500 right now. I just can't, I was anti spending for a clinching game, five, $600. And I realized it's the first round versus the Stanley cup finals. But my God, I just, and listen, I want to make it clear on the off chance, because I guess some people think I talk about this like, oh, I hope somebody will email me and then say you have free tickets. That is absolutely not it. As a matter of fact, I will discourage that. So that's not, I'm, I'm having a discussion because I know there are people 
Like, I'm a hardcore Blues fan in the playoffs. I am not a hardcore Blues fan during the regular season. People say, what do you think of the Blues? And I'm like, haven't watched. Don't know. Honestly, don't really care. I don't care. I can't do anything about it. You have the, the highest point total in your conference, and you're gone in four games. Look at the Lightning. I just I, I hate that. I hate it. I don't, I don't know what the solution is because the reason why the Stanley Cup playoffs are so great is that anything can happen. But then that, for me, makes the regular season in those five months worthless. But whatever. I know it pisses off some fans. On the other side of it, you have the NBA, and it's like, man, we had a great regular season. We're probably going to be one of the final four teams. I like that. But then at the same time, the first couple rounds of the playoffs are just like nobody's paying attention. Oh, look, the Nuggets are playing. I mean, it's just not the way that it works. So, oh, the Warriors are there, of course. I kind of like that, but then it made their first three rounds like nothing, and they don't even have their best player. So I, I, it cuts both ways. There isn't, there isn't the perfect thing. But the Stanley Cup playoffs, when it's going on, it's the greatest. So I'm bandwagon boy, and I'm not going to get into bandwagon shaming. I'm never going to be hardcore NHL regular season fan. And as I grow older, I'm not even hardcore Major League Baseball regular season fan. I'm hardcore college football regular season fan, but that's because every single game means something. Um, If you are under the auspice that your team can win a championship. So, listen, man, if you're in a spot where you're like, yeah, we've wanted this all our lives, we're going, and we know it's, it's essentially our month's paycheck, then God bless a tip of the cap, but uh, holy shit, I'm I'm legitimate. It's it's essentially right now. I think the price point, the metrics, about six times face value. That's about what it is. Because my understanding is the upper bowls are one fifty, and the lower bowls, not on the glass, are three fifty. And so that's about what you're looking at. Maybe five on five x on the lower bowls and six x on the upper bowls. And then I've seen some for four thousand dollars that are on the glass, a ticket. I mean, here's the thing. Even if I were like a multimillionaire, I don't know. I guess if you're a multimillionaire, it's like I can't put myself in that mindset. And maybe I do it. I don't know. But then at the same time, it's like in our section on on Tuesday night for game six, like they were, they weren't, I guess they're quote kids, but I don't know. They might've been in their teens. They might've been in their lower twenties, whatever. And they were like in this whatever, I can't get to a point where I can go into specifics and then people might know who I'm talking because I don't know who the hell, I don't know who the hell they were, but they were around us. And I'm just like, they're not even paying attention. They're there. I, like, I, could, I, I recognize the whole thing because as time went on, I started being exposed to it. Certainly not in my neighborhood, but I started getting hip to kind of what can be going on. Uh, it's the kind of shit that a lot of people hate. I don't hate because, you know, if somebody was born into a nice situation, God bless them. It's how they carry themselves. And, you know, like I said, the people with real money, you really don't know they have it, uh, at least around here, uh, is, you know, and they're just there and they were just there to be there and to be seen. And they were just like fucking off and like playing grab ass. And I'm just like, oh, you know, I don't ever set that tone for whether we have multiple children or, or our one son, whatever, uh, you know. I don't know what I would do. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. Like The true test is blues are up 3-2. Tickets are made available to me. Not like, hey, I got two tickets for you. Love the show. Here, let me hook you up. Not that, but somehow in, in they're available. And do I pull the trigger? And honestly on that, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't even know at that point. Like lower bowl, blue, like, and I can see shit because there are some spots where you can't see shit. 
lower bowl, Blues can win the Stanley Cup. And it's, it, but then I can't, if I say a dollar figure, then it's like, fuck you. Can't win. But if it's at a price point that makes me a little uncomfortable, do I pull the trigger? And I got to tell you something. Like, I kind of thought, I'm like, oh, God, Anna Marie's going to want to go to one of these things. And I just, in my mind, I'm just like, I can't, you know, I can't justify this. And she's like, fuck that. That's stupid. She goes, we'd go to like a week at, you know, somewhere and, you know, I'm like, God bless you, sister. You know, uh, so, you know, it's, it's a house united. Jameson is not really commenting, but uh, it's, it's something that I, it's, it's not a case of what are you thinking? You know, I can do the, the sports talk radio stance or, you know, it's a once in a lifetime thing. You got to do it. I'm not, it's to each their own. And even if you don't have a lot of money, and this is a thing where it would be, you know, you, you would feel it if you did it. If it's the most important thing to you or something that's been so important to your family, that's that, then it's, then what does that mean? It's like an engagement ring. You know, I've bought a couple of them. I know the program. I, I still, it's only Anna Marie. I think it's, I think it's, I, it's, I, it's, I totally disagree with the whole thing. It's an, from my, my, waste of money, waste of money, waste of money. Say it over and over again, but I guess you got to do it. So you do it. It's like, ah. But whatever, waste of money. But from my standpoint, something I'm always pro experiences. So I would rather do like same. You're on that gangster Pete. Yeah. I'd much rather spend to, my money on something. I'll remember forever with people you care about. Exactly. So that's the thing. Like I could probably, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I couldn't get a credential anymore to a blues game for this at this point. Um, so I just wanted to be there. I could, I, I think I could do that with a credential, but that's not what the thing's about. I couldn't be screaming and high-fiving my dad and hugging my wife. Exactly. And drinking, you know, that's, that's, so that's not what it's about. I'd rather just hang out at, you know, at home with my wife and my son and watch it. So I don't know, man. I, it's, it's a tough spot. I did not anticipate this. I mean, I'm just thrilled that we're even having the discussion. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say I, I'm, I feel badly for those who, cause I mean, it's, it's, it, that's capitalism. And like, you know, like the Plowhawk today was, it's a, a, just a, like kind of a, it wasn't a huge thing at all, but I mean, he goes, that's ah, just a scam. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's, that's business. You agree with that. It, 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 and he might be talking about it from like the fee standpoint, but I mean, I also it's, it's capitalism, you know, it cuts both ways. And so, yeah, you can go to the game, but here's how it cuts. So in that standpoint, I do feel badly for people who are like, I want to go so badly or I want to take my son, my daughter, my wife, my grandpa, who's been going through bullshit for decades, but I just can't do it. You know, I get it, man. I get it. And I would imagine those people, by the way, get it as well. You know, I guess, I guess it'd be a tough spot if you have like a, an eight year old or something, give or take a couple of years. And they're like, we have to go. What do you mean we can't go? That's a different ball game, you know. I got a guy who who watched Full Metal Jacket with me last night, so we're not really at a point of of, of working through logic. So, uh, you know, different ball game in six or seven years. But uh, I don't know. I however people are handling, I'm interested. I'm legitimately interested. It was a good discussion on the fan page and on the radio show. But I but for those who are like dying for this, I feel I truly feel badly, um, in the sense that. I think people never thought it was going to get this. I never thought I sold uh, my tickets to game six of the 2011 world series for $2,000. 
And it's one of those things, do you regret it? I mean, knowing what happened, of course. It's like when Pete DeBoer was asked about Eric Carlson and dressing him game five. Well, yeah, now that now that he, I saw what he did, of course I do. But that's not that's not how that's not how you make a decision. You don't know what's going to happen. So when people bust people's balls on what happened in a an outcome, that's why I always talk about results oriented. You know, the Cardinals are down three to two. Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, we'll go to game seven if it gets there and I can make this much. Sweet, I'll do that. Uh, then game, then they win game six, and there isn't a dollar amount in the world that was going to keep me from taking my parents to game seven of the World Series. It just was not going to happen, taking my wife and my parents to game seven of the World Series. So it's, it's, it's a case-by-case thing for, because I've seen some people say, you know, I saw a guy post, a guy I played in the Dotem with last year, um, you know, my sister's coming in from, I think Minnesota, he said, and my dad's coming in from wherever. And he goes, I don't care if somebody offered us $5,000 a ticket. This is for game three. I think we're just, we're going and it's just like, God bless. So it's a case of to each their own, but there are some people who, um, are, are, are knowingly turning money down to make sure that they're there. I mean, there's only two guaranteed games and it's not like it's a, you know, these things can end. I think the Capitals closed out Las Vegas in five last year. I mean, these things can. I mean, what, would you would you be happy with the Blues winning it in Boston in game five? Yeah. You know, so you might not see a game six. So that's the thing. I have one thing that I think makes sense. If you are like, God, I could do this and that. Go to game three. It's a Saturday night game. We'll see where things are after the two games. And then if possible, if the Blues are in a spot to win it on Monday night, the game four, then you hedge with selling Saturday night's game three. And if the Blues aren't in a position to clinch on game four, then sell game three uh, or sell game four or whatever the hell I'm trying to say. You hold on to one and you sell the other. Um, and then that way you probably paid for, you know, those tickets for the entire thing. So do with that what you want. I'm, I, it's, I just, like I said, I'm, I usually never, I'm, I'm not upset about it at all. I'm just, I'm taken aback by it because usually I'm kind of like, yeah, I figured that's what the tickets would be. Even the Winnipeg series, I'm like, God, that's high, but okay. I'm just thinking how many people are fucking throwing around this kind of money or turning down this kind of money. But, uh, you know, I hear the NHL gets 8,000 tickets. Who knows what goes on? You know, who really owns the tickets that pop up on StubHub? Uh, so anyway, there it is. Uh, there's uh, the blues portion of questions from the audience brought to you by Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert.com. Uh, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, also Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com, and Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet. Oh, all right. Let's see what we got in here. There are uh, there are all kinds of things in the questions. I want to give a, I want to, I would like to dig into one. I want to dig into one because these are always therapeutic. Six, I just posted it right after we got done. We had Joe Edwards in. What a great interview that wound up being. That was really good. That was a solid one. That was a really, I mean, not that they're not solid. I always come away from going, God, that was really good. But I uh, think you're going to get a lot of people that are like, wow, I really enjoyed The that. history there. Yeah. And there's a guy who, who did it, uh, you know, didn't just bitch about seeing an issue. He did something about it. Uh, Jennings Randolph Jr. wants to know if I've talked to Gabby Carter lately, and if so, she asked about Daddy. That's a great question. Um, I have never had a conversation with Gabby outside of when she was on the radio. Iggy has her number. Um, I've communicated with Gabby via Caden Cross. She was my Whoopi Goldberg to uh, Patrick Swayze, but uh, I have not. Uh, let's see. Gabby's become very popular with my friends. Yeah, how could she not be? 
We really, if we got her to an event here, and I think I think now's the time to do it because it's going to probably be out of control yeah, here. I agree. That really needs to be locked in. Um, I feel like I mean, people like when I talk about this. I feel like it's the kind of thing when I didn't have kids, I'd go, ah, first kid, how's it going? Any lessons to expecting fathers or future fathers? Like you don't have kids, Pete. You're probably just like, I ah, I, and, so I feel like, but then at the same time, if you do, then people like it. And I get it now because now I've been on either side of it. And I, and I feel like it comes up one over two episodes. It doesn't bother me when other people talk about their kids. I, I mean, I would expect to feel the same way. Yeah, I, I, but it's one of those things that, I don't know. I mean, it, like if in a way I, uh, but I mean, I, I can't fault myself either because I didn't know. So it's, you know, um, and you don't know what you're missing until you actually have it. So like I have a great relationship, for example, with Anna Marie's parents and that's, and that's not a shot because I'm, I'm the asshole, you know, I mean, not that that surprises anybody, but it's not like I had great relationships with previous, uh, significant others, parents, not that I had bad ones, but I'm just really, I'm, I'm at my best when I, when I feel like I can say whatever. And when I feel like, and I, as you can imagine, when you're with a girlfriend or wife's parents and you feel like, you know, I obviously can't go, yeah, you know, so-and-so's dad. What do you think about Gabby Carter? I mean, I, I got I to gotta, I kind of box myself up into a certain conversation and then I'm not, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Um, so now having a great relationship with my significant other's parents, uh, now I know how important it is to a relationship. Uh, not to be one of those people sitting there going, I have the most wonderful relationship. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a fucking clown show, obviously. So, uh, but I, I just, I didn't know that before. And now you experience it. So I didn't know what it was like to be a parent before. So I knew people raved about it, but I was, I was kind of like, God, I don't know. There's that 330 nonstop to Las Vegas and we don't have a child and we don't have any pets. And if we want to, we can just get up and go. Fuck, let's go. I thought, and I and I would look at these people and go, God, we got four soccer games today, and I'd be like, <laughs> I don't look at that, and and I still don't actually with any form of of jealousy at all. But they would go, God, what I wouldn't do to be in your position to your wife and you are you're going to the AVNs? I'd be like, Yeah, you do you realize how weird that is? And I go, I guess it is, but this is what we do, so I don't, I don't know. And so, I, and I wasn't going, God, man, I, I, I know I'm going to the AVNs, but if I could just go to a fourth soccer game, uh, you know, I, I, so, so it's a weird spot. So with that said, uh, now that I'm there, you know, don't get me wrong. And I think all parents know this to attempt to portray it as it's like the greatest thing ever, like social media realities of everything is wonderful is not the way that it is. Of course, I, I mean, it seems obvious. But it just, it's just, the, the way I would describe it is, even if I'm having a bad day, when I walk in and see him, I'm instantaneously happy. And I also think, it, I don't know if it worked necessarily on me, but on the general population, it makes, makes people better because you're just more cognizant and I think more empathetic to other people because everybody was yeah, that a baby at one point or has children. And so you're a little more, I think, sympathetic to everybody's situation that you know that you, the decision you make impacts not just that person you're, you know, negotiating with or having to let go or whatever the case might be. So, you know, and I guess I, I was, I was running, you know, businesses before then, but I always thought about that stuff, but now I, now I feel it more. Um, 
so I love it. I don't know if I would have felt this way. And, and some people get defensive when I say this and it's not, it's just, this is just me, but it's, I think it's a lack of maturity on my part. I don't know if I would have felt this way if I would have had a child at 25 or even 30. I think I, I have or had some form of, at least relative to mainstream St. Louis, arrested development. And therefore, uh, I just, you know, I mean, could I have done it? I suppose, because you have to. But would I have been as into it as I am now? I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not like that. I mean, that ship sailed. But um, for me, having our son when we had him uh, wound up being perfect timing in a wide variety of ways. Um, and so I, I absolutely love it. So from a standpoint of any lessons to expecting fathers or future fathers, uh, you know, I, I guess what I would say, well, I, I always go back to this. The, I think the first six months are fucking terrible. And I don't, and I, and I don't want, I don't ever, maybe we, we had, we had an extreme situation uh, just because he did not sleep. So a lot of people go, oh my God, our son or daughter just sleeps. And we're, you know, and if you don't, and if you do have that, you probably don't realize how lucky you are unless you have another child who didn't sleep. So that's brutal. Um, but then when the personality starts to form, I mean, it's just, you know, it's the greatest thing. And, um, and I just can't get, and then people, you know, I mean, he's only 20, one months old and people just go, oh my God, you think it's good now? Just wait. But then the other, you know, the other side of it, so I hear tell, and I guess logic would tell you that this is the case, um, that, you know, there's going to come a time, um, and I don't know, eight, nine years where I am the enemy, but I have to be the enemy, not because I'm just looking to be an antagonist, but that's kind of my responsibility. I, I you know, I can't try to be cool cool, uh, cool dad, cool mom, like, uh, Amy Poehler and Mean Girls, you know, I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta, and I try to do that now. So I'll, fine, I'll share a, uh, a, a personal story. I put Jameson to bed, uh, almost every night. I, there, there are very few exceptions. Uh, and he goes to bed at like eight o'clock, which for some people is like, oh my God, that's super late, but that's where we are. And, and so what we do, and I don't even know how it used to be, I would read him a book and then, and I, and I know this might sound like I'm like the manipulative father trying to get him into the game of golf. It's just not the case. If he gets into it, great. If not, I mean, it's not like I played as a kid. Um, you know, I would, I, I, I don't even know why I probably Vern Lundquist screaming. Uh, he would, I would, I had the, the Tiger Woods chip in in 2005 on number 16 at Augusta on and and his way of wanting something not that this is real cutting edge is again again to see something again so I'm like oh again and then I said that's Tiger Woods and he would say Tiger Tiger so we went from reading books to I've now watched Tiger Woods chip in on 16 God, it's got to be 500 times in the last two months um, because that's what that's what he would want to go to bed to. And, and as much as I enjoy that moment, it gets a little repetitive, but parents know the program. You read the same book three million times. And then, then it got to, and I don't know how it got to, oh, because I'm like, oh, I wonder if he, if he just likes these videos or if it's, he really likes golf. I mean, how can he really know what the hell he's even watching? And so I put on David Freeze's home run 
you know, the, the ball over the over Nelson Cruz's head and then over Nelson Cruz's head and then the uh, the home run. And then, and, no, Tiger, Tiger. I'm like, okay, I guess we're just going to stick with Tiger. And then I guess because that was on my YouTube game, the game six, then it would pop up with game seven of the World Series. And I'm like, I'll try this one. And now we are on game seven of the 2011 World Series because he loves the fireworks that are going off over Alan Craig when he's being interviewed by Ken Rosenthal. And he loves Jason Mott for whatever reason. I think maybe it's the similarity in the first name. And so my wife didn't know that this is what's going on when I'm putting him to bed. And so a few days ago, he just blurted out Jason Mott. And she's like, what? Jason Mott? And so Jason Mott is, is his go-to play. It's only three syllables, so he can, he can navigate it. But it gets to a point every night because it's a half-hour process. A lot of times we try to schedule it around the first intermission of these playoff games that I'm like, okay, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to watch game. i got to bring up another phone at this point because I've, I've seen I, a game, the ninth inning of a game seven of the 2011 World Series at this point. I could do Alan Craig's interview, Jason Mott's interview with Rosenthal. As much as I loved it at that time, at this point, it's, it's gotten a little much. Um, but I'm just used to it. That's how he goes to bed. And then maybe we'll read a book and then that's it. So uh, uh, the way that we've handled this is I'll say, okay, that's it. After, we, after I read this, because I'll say, I'll read, I'll read. And I'll say, okay, after we read this, then that's it. Then, then it's time for bed. And I want to make it clear as if like I'm like negotiating, which is really when you take a step back and what the hell are you doing? But either way, I'm trying to set a precedent. And so what I've said is, as I said, okay, this is the deal. I'll read again, but then this is it. And then you're going to, going to bed. And even though he doesn't know what okay is, I'll say, okay. And he won't say anything. And I'll say, okay. He said, okay, okay. And then I'll extend my hand to shake my hand to make the deal. And so we shake hands. And so I've done this now a few times. And then, so we were negotiating uh, two nights ago, if I'm not mistaken, and I agreed to read another book. It was a really poor negotiation on my part. I backed down. It was really bad. And, uh, and I go to reach for the other book and he reaches out to shake my hand, even though I haven't even said anything about a deal. And I'm just like, look at this. And I told Anna Marie, I said, that was one of my favorite things that's ever happened. And she goes, that's how you're raising our son. He doesn't know what he's saying. And he's shaking your hand and cutting deals with you on reading books. And I said, I think, first off, it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. But secondly, and of course, most parents have those things. And then you tell somebody about it. And they're like, who fucking cares? But I'll act like it's amusing. Fine. But then secondly, that you're, you're, you're negotiating and our son is now shaking hands with you to cut deals on bedtime. And I said, well, what I'm trying to teach him is that you have to keep your word. That's what I'm trying to teach him. We're laying that groundwork here at, at one, one year old because I want to, I, that, that's something that's very important to me. There was one of those things, I don't know if, how many people had these things, like it, I guess it would be a baby shower. And, uh, and so Anna Marie, you know, all the, uh, the family, female family members and all of her friends, they have this thing and they uh, ask everybody questions. And then, you know, you give them to the baby when the baby grows up and sees all the answers and all of that. And who knows if things have probably already been thrown in the trash by now, but I remember it. And so this was like a few weeks before he was born. He was born in August, 2017. And, uh, you know, it's like, if there's one thing that you would like, uh, your, you know, we knew we were going to have a boy, your son to have from, from your mom, you know, and there's like 50 different things, 
her hair, you know, which she does have wonderful hair. Obviously, I don't have any, so that's a that's just a that's just a horrible beat. But she really does have good hair. Her appearance, you know, I mean, all of these things that are that are certainly compliments to Anna Marie, but I can't help but feel like they're also shots. But at the same time, I would answer the question the same way. Um, and and then you know, and then like, and then what would you want from from uh, you know from her father or his father? It's like, you know, it's like his voice, his ability to do a radio. It's like, there's just nothing. It's like the most surface level shit because it's like, yeah, I don't know. Anna Marie brings all of this stuff to the table and, and he's, he's the pervert boy on the radio. Um, so I saw my mom's answers and, uh, and I'm like, God, she can't do, she's not going to say his voice. But then at the same time, I know of the four kids, I'm easily the biggest asshole uh, not that that would alarm anybody like Danny, we all think is the favorite. Uh, Danny's my, uh, he's the second oldest in the family. I'm the oldest. Uh, he's just, he, he doesn't, he doesn't fit in with the whole group, tall, full head of hair, really kind of just laid back and just happy. And it's just, a, it's a, it's a whole thing. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, my brother, Kevin and I, I think are more similar. He's the one who owns the improv shop and is thanked at the end of, uh, teaches uh, improv at St. Louis U High and, uh, and owns the improv shop and is always thanked at the end of every TMA for no particular reason. It's kind of like the cat's nickname. There's no story behind it. And then my sister Mara. And, um, and she's incredibly intelligent and won a state championship in soccer visitation and, you know, was a great athlete. And so, you know, so he's, I'm, I'm, you know, I think my mom has conned herself into believing that I'm doing performance art every morning from seven to 10. I think that's how she goes to bed and how she slept at night for the last 15 years of the show. So I was like, I wonder how the hell she's going to answer that question. Because, you know, as far as redeeming qualities go, I'm, you know, I, I got, I, you know, this is, we're, we're in a drought situation here. And so I went and I saw what she answered and she answered his fairness. And I thought that was the greatest compliment, even though I recognize it's from my mom. Cause if she would have said like, Oh, his eyes, like, that's a face only a mother could love. I'd be like, ah, um, and I thought, God, cause I know she knows I can be a prick, but that she observes what I hope to be fairness. And that if I say something, people know, hopefully people know that I'm going to keep my word. And, and, I, and I value, and I value that probably too much. I'm sure there's a, like a, like a therapist could get to the bottom of why I value that so much, but I think it's an incredibly important thing. And so I'm in, attempting to instill that into my son. At the same time, I know I'm doing it at an age where he doesn't know what in the <laughs> world's going on. So it's really stupid, but that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. So we shake hands. Now he's shaking my hand. And that's what we did. So if you're, if you're texting me or emailing me or DMing me between eight and eight 30 every night, that's what's going on. There's, uh, there's no lesbianism. There's no booze. I don't even know the last time I had a drink. I guess I had a couple of drinks at Olive and Oak. I don't know. The last time I've been fucked up is though. Um, that's what I'm doing. So I'm the furthest thing from the cools as, uh, is, as portrayed by the cat. Uh, but that's, that's, that's what I'm doing. But I love it, man. I absolutely love it because I got my fill of it, you know, and don't get me wrong. It was fun. I'd still do it again. But, um, you know, just to, to be able to, to, to raise a child is the greatest thing in the world. So on the off chance you're on the fence, because I don't feel like many people are ever on the fence. And I actually kind of was on the fence, but I was on the fence because I didn't know if we could have children. So the last thing I want to do is go, God, I really want a child. God, because then if we couldn't, it would make my wife feel terrible. So 
So I just kind of, that was the mindset I had internally and then externally too, because I didn't want to make her feel badly. You know, even if it was, it was my fault, who knows? And by fault, I mean, biological circumstances. I don't know what the hell was going on. Unfortunately, it wound up happening, but I do know, you know, having dealt with infertility, that it's one of those things that a lot of people just like, you're like, oh, they didn't have kids. They chose. Well, for a lot of people, it's not a choice and it's a heartbreaking thing. You know, so I don't, having been there, I don't take that for granted. And at the same time, there are people who just don't want to have kids and God bless them, you know, to each their own. But if for whatever reason you're on the fence, and I think I'm speaking to less than 1% of the people who listen to this, um, you know, I guess what I would say is live, make sure you've lived and you've gotten as much living as you wanted to do with your life before having a child. If you can control this stuff, and this again is, you know, I kind of stumbled into it. Um, but, but, it, but, and then it, it'll be, it's, a, it's the best thing. I mean, it's just the best thing. It truly is the best thing. I'm, it's, it actually draws a parallel to the blues in game six. I have throughout my life, once I saw my, my dog run over in front of Francis park in 1991, it's like, I, I was, I just like a, put up a guard to, always hedge emotionally, so to speak, um, because it just, it like broke me, you know, uh, again, in relative terms, it, it broke me and it was a really difficult time. I was a freshman at SLU. Most of the people in my class anyway, weren't from my neighborhood. So I didn't know the vast majority of my classmates. I'm getting cut from every fucking sport when I used to be like one of the best athletes, in grade school shit, and it's a wide, 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 or excuse me, a rude, rude, rude awakening. And then, like, this dog who I love so much gets run over right in front of me on Tam Avenue. I mean, it's just like, you know, so I think psychologically there's some shit going on there. Um, so I would always hedge, you know, and not, and so now I'm emotionally exposed on the blues, and I am, you know, the ultimate emotional exposure on my son. Like, I'm, I'm scared by how much I love him. And, and love the experience. It's, it scares me. Like, I think some people would go, oh my God, this is the greatest thing. And it is the greatest thing, but I'm scared by how much, like he fell a couple weeks ago when he was out fucking around with me with a wiffle ball. And we have this stone around the patio in the backyard. He hit his head right on there and he's got blood dripping down his face. And we thought he was gonna have to get stitches. And I just feel like I like killed him, you know? And I know, and like my mom, who's usually the complete opposite of me with panicking on shit, um, goes, oh, well, I hate to say it, but that's going to be the first of many. And I'm like, oh, God bless. There's, there's the wisdom that comes with having raised four kids. Whereas I'm like, oh my God, I completely failed, even though I know he, it was wet out and he slipped and he fell, but it doesn't matter. I was the one who was with him and I feel responsible. It's the worst damn thing in the world. And I just, I, I'm so exposed, but at the same time, the juice is worth the squeeze, you know? I mean, the juice is easily worth the squeeze because it's the greatest thing in the world. And I would imagine all of you listening who have kids know that the question was for potential first time, uh, fathers. So there you go. Do with it what you want. All right. We covered blues and of course some, uh, parenting stuff. Uh, I think that I think, thanks for I think it's going to do it. I think it's going to do it. I think we spent some good time on it. Uh, hopefully we're talking blues and Bruins this time next week and uh, maybe in a couple weeks talking about actually seeing seeing it in St. Louis. There you go. All right. God bless. All right. Thank you as always to all of our sponsors. Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert at thehomeloanexpert.com. 
James Carlton of Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies at evergreenstl.com. Uh, Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet, landoff.com, Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth exit. And Design Air, heating and cooling online at designairservice.com. Design Air, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. For Gangster Pete, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.